Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Man, We're Too Old for This, here on the Nerd Tunnel Network. I'm your host, the experience of some called Jason, and with me today is... The Blurred Don of the Ville, the Todd Father. CEO113, the droid you're looking for. And the token millennial, Tarky. And today we're going into part four of our golden age of the MCU. This crossing fingers should be the the episode where we finish it up. And probably the only time that we'll ever have to do this. Ah, uh, quite likely. Well, we could always uh, follow it up at some, some point with the dark age of the MCU or something. Wow, just go there, Jason. Yeah. This is some bullshit. Uh, but anyway, today we'll be starting with Black Panther and hopefully getting through Endgame. But, you know, we'll see. So, who wants to start us off on Black Panther? Todd. Because we don't want to steal your favorite No, because that's that's, that's stereotypical. Somebody else start Black Panther. All right, I'll start Black Panther then. All right, Danny, what was your favorite part about Black Panther? Most memorable part, at least. Uh, For me, when he went to visit his ancestors, the way they handled that scene cinematically with the, the variations in the colors and the background and just that whole whole, you know, between the cinematography and the color schemes and, and the outfits that they had the people in, that's, that's the scene out of it that strikes me. I really enjoyed that. Okay. What you, Tyler? The one that sticks out in my mind the most is just the bad CGI part of the fight. <laughs> I hate it, but that's a thing that, like, for some reason it sticks out to me. Because the rest of the movie is just so good. And you have that one moment where it's like, you, you decided to go cheap here? Out of everything, like the, the climactic fight, you decide, one, to make it a, a hard-to-tell mirror match, because they're both in the same suits. And two, you make it bad CGI that's rubbery. Uh, I'm assuming this is not your favorite part, just your memorable part. It's the most memorable. I, it's not my favorite at all. The rest of the movie is my favorite part. But most memorable is just that that one off scene. Yeah, I'm not sure what my favorite part would be. There's several scenes with Mbaku that I really like. I think I'm the most I like the whole, you know, uh joke about eating them. There's several of the fights that I like. You know, the whole chase scene where they're after uh uh Claw. Thank you. Uh, you know, I really like that because you know that, that was him and the uh, one of the uh, Dormelage. Oh yeah, it was him, McCoy, and the Kia chasing him. Uh, we sure driving the car. But uh, yeah, that's one. That's one of them that I really liked. The whole, uh, you know, pretty much the whole movie. What about you, Todd? Like what was your absolute part. favorite part? I like both challenges. I like it's, I like the first one uh, with Mbaku because sitting in that one, I was sitting there going, "Man, I like to live there." And the one with uh, Indijaka, I like that one just because that that was pure that was pure Black American because he not only beat his ass, he talked about him while he was doing. It. <laughs> and that's something that, like, me and Dad both get a kick out of Killmonger, because that's us. I like, like, Dad's favorite line is, uh, 
when they think T'Challa's dead, when he shows up and he's like, you know, I never submitted, and as you can see, I'm not dead. And and Killmonger's got like, man, all that challenge shit is over. And Pop hollers every time he hears that. But yeah, I like I like the challenges. I like 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 I said, I like seeing the culture in the first one. And then I I do I just like I like the whole is this your king while he's beating the hell out of him. This your king, the one who was supposed to lead you and guide you to your future. Wow, is this your king? And then when he chucks him off the edge of that waterfall, nah, I'm your king. That's just badass. That's sheer badassery. Yeah. The the part in one of the challenges that cracked me up was when uh, Shiri's acts like she gonna step out and fight. I'm like, you you 85 pounds with a brick in your that's, pocket. That's that's a shout out to uh, Hudlin's Run. Because, you know, Hudlin's Run, when they did, which is where that challenge day stuff started. She was trying to challenge, it was their uncle, Cyan, that was Panther at the time. She was trying to challenge for it, but one of the guys that Cyan beat was a very big old, uh, he was from the mining tribe, and he fell on him. And T'Challa went over the top of him. With, it was T'Challa in a mask and stuff, but yeah, he went over the top of the body and went in there and, and beat Cyan for, for the title. But yeah, that's Challenge Day came from Hudlin. The Dora Milaje, as they exist in the movie, comes from Hudlin. The Ancestral Plane is one of the things that comes from uh, Coates, because he was the one that introduced the Jajalia. So, it's one of the few things that he did that I actually liked. Well, that and leaving him Emperor. I did, I did not mind how he left the character, but his run was, for the most part, crap. Alright, so moving on from Black Panther, we went from him into uh, Infinity War. Uh, Taylor, you start us off on this one. Most memorable part for me? Mm -hmm. It's probably just as the big end fight, or end mob fight, is happening. You know, you see the charge come out, and then you see, you know, Black Panther and Cat America just sprinting out because they are, you know, the super soldiers. <laughs> they run at the speed of motorcycles. Which is a thing you've seen before, but just seeing it as they're coming out towards the enemy in the funnel, it's just something that kind of sticks in my head. That was my part, too. I remember sitting in the theater going, oh, man, that's just neat. Yeah. Yeah. And then kind of I going, but he got sent, I'm back here with a gun. Yep. But uh, my favorite single scene is probably Thor, Groot, and Rocket's arrival at the last fight. Yeah, that was cool, too. Because that was finally a moment where Thor felt like Thor, where they didn't feel like they were still nerfing him. That's true. Yeah, only thing that made that better if they if he'd had his actual hammer. Give you that. Yeah, that, that was almost an Ultron, we would have words with the moment. Mm -hmm. But, uh... Yeah, that, you know, that's another one where there's a whole lot of stuff that I like. That's probably the one, the mo moment that sticks with me the most. I think my favorite is Thanos hitting him with the moon. <laughs> that was that was the oh shit. I wish I almost wish that that scene hadn't leaked, where I could have seen it in the movie fresh. 
Because I can remember at Comic-Con, the leaked trailer, that was the part that they showed. Mm-hmm. was basically him using the gauntlet to grab a moon. Because I can remember sitting there going, that's on Earth. Earth's fucked. Yeah. But that's that's still that's still a, a damn good oh shit scene. And that That's him when they finally managed to piss him off. This son of a bitch. Oh, holy shit. This son of a bitch is actually snatching the moon. What about you, Danny? When you see Doctor Strange cut loose in some of the fights, and it's like, that was some good, you know, action on his part, because they started to show him as basically Sorcerer Supreme and not holding back, you know, and he's confident in himself now. Like, oh, yeah, I know this spell and this spell. Oh, yeah, this one would work here. And I kept going, chop his off, chop his off, you know. It stopped being it stopped being kung fu. Yeah, because strange in his own movie, the magic was more like kung fu than it was magic. Yeah, and this he's just standing to the side, going, you know, casting spell after spell after spell. And I kept thinking, just cut his damn hand off with magic. You can do that. Open the damn portal right there at his arm, and you know, can't control his damn arm. He can't use the infinity gauntlet. I mean. You know, that's what's going through my head. You know, you've seen in the book Strange do stuff like that. You know, like when he's gotten attacked by, uh, was it Shumagorath? Well, you know, that's, tentacles that's, off and shit. Well, that's the trick is the MCU nerfs the living hell out of, out of damn near everybody. They nerf the hell out of most people, but if you tended to be really powerful in the book, they nerf you, and if you tend to be a hell of a lot less powerful, they make you a whole hell of a lot more powerful than you ever were. Yeah. Yeah. Because the trick is, the Crimson Bands of Sidorak alone would have held Thanos. Yeah. And you see him. Because I can remember shouting at the part. Holy shit, it's the Bands of Sidorak! Yeah. The, the spells that he casts, the energy he is pulling to cast that spell, comes from outside our universe. And it comes from a god, usually. Or somebody that's damn near a god. So that sh- that alone should have held Thanos in place while they got the gauntlet off. Well, the nerfed version of the gauntlet, maybe. Gauntlet in the book, no. He slaps that sort of stuff around. Yeah, the trick is he didn't remember. When he, when they were fighting him, he still didn't have the whole thing. Yeah. But he did have the but power. He, did have power. he had the stone yeah, power. Probably enough. Because if, if you have that in space, he could teleport, so. Yeah. Let's see, who have I not talked to? What name? Because I said when Thanos hit him with a moon. Oh, yeah, yeah. What was yours, Danny? Did you do yours? Yeah, mine was the Doctor Strange. I okay. like the Doctor Strange fight. I like the moon. Has Tyler said his? That yes, I was first. Yeah, 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 we started with his. He liked the chart. Remember, he liked the chart. Oh, Jason. So it's you, Jason. And I talked about liking the Thor scene, so. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it sounds like we we're done with Infinity War. So moving on to Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, I guess I'll kick this one off. Yeah, because everybody's going to say the same thing, most likely. Uh, I am going to go... Probably the chase scene slash fight going down the road uh, where you've got... The guy that played, what was his name? Shane and... uh, uh Oh, that old cop show we used to watch. Yeah, The Shield. The Shield, yeah. You, know, you got him and his gang chasing them. And then you've got Ghost shows up. 
just kind of that whole scene. Is that the I one where really he's like. using the uh, flatbed truck as a like a knee board? Toward yeah, the, that, that's part of that scene. Yeah, yeah, toward the end of it, or at the end of it. That was the one where Hope was basically, you know, shrinking the side of the van and hitting people with like giant Pez dispensers and all that shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. I rewatched that on TV last week, and there was one I had forgotten a Stan Lee cameo. I think that's my <laughs> Stan Lee cameo. Yeah, it's what, one of the better ones. What was his cameo? Well, well, when she's shooting out the pimp particles, one hits his, he's about to get in his car, and just as he's about to get in his car, his car shrinks down into nothing. He's like, eh, I'm dr- the 70s are basically going to come back and haunt him eventually. And <laughs> well, it was, it was the, the 60s were fun, but I'm paying for it now. Yeah, or something like it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, he, Stan, he, he would nail his cameo one way or the other with either facial expressions or the or the line that he dropped. Um, let's see. I think my favorite out of that movie was when he's having the conversation with uh, uh, Foster. And they're like, yeah, I got up such and such. I made it up so-and-so, you know, talking about the height yep. they made it to, and it's like the others are standing to the side, yeah, 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 let's get on with the business we're here for. I just realized, hell, you had two S.H.I.E.L.D. alums in that one. Because not only was Walter Goggins, you know, the, the main bad guy that you still ain't found out what the hell, who the hell he was working for, not only did you have him, but Luis. Remember, they were both on the squad. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Luis. Yeah. But all right, Ty, what was your favorite part? He asked me. I think he said Todd Taylor. I said Todd. I, I thought he said Todd. Uh, I thought he said Taylor. Oh, I already told you mine. I like the, Stan, the Stanley cameo was my favorite part. Oh, good. All right, now Taylor. That was one That was one that I, was, I went to it because in those days you went to all of them to see if mm-hmm. they would be pertinent to something. Ant-Man ain't really my character. Yeah. Adding the Wasp was kind of neat, but the problem I've always had with the Ant-Man movies is it's not my Ant-Man, it's not my Wasp. Yeah. Scott Lang was always my least favorite of the two. And, hell, hope didn't exist, so. Yeah, my big big thing that I liked about the Ant-Man movies is just, you have... You're dealing on a smaller scale than a lot of the Marvel stuff. You know, not everything is world-ending. Sometimes it's just, you know, an evil SOB needs to be taken down. Yeah. It's not Maybe global conspiracies or, you know. The thing about Ant-Man turned out to be that that ended up being the key to everything. Mm-hmm. Which, I, you know, which, you know, then you turn around and justifies the reason why you sat through it. It was like, oh, that really was pertinent. Yeah. But yeah, they, they changed the characters enough for me that I, I didn't like the fact, I still don't like the fact that Wasp doesn't have innate powers and it's tech. Alright, what about you, Tyler? Honestly, for Ant-Man and the Wasp, the very, very start, where you have Scott and his daughter in his house, where he has just engineered a bunch of stuff here and there to keep her entertained. Because it was just showing off Scott as guy that can do things without you know just him as someone who can just 
fudge the number because it's just I don't know for something about it. I just really enjoyed the creativity of it. He's not a super genius science guy, but a solid basic like engineer. Yeah. And just the fact that he cares enough that, you know, he's learned 5011 card tricks. He's learned. Well, some of that, too, is just showing how bored he is under house arrest. Yeah. Amazing that nobody's freaked out by the fact that he's got a giant ant. Given all the weird stuff in the Marvel, even just the cinematic Marvel universe, eh. Yeah, but... His neighbors... Thor, not- Thor ain't showing up at your house. That giant ant. You know, that's actually a safety issue. It's a singular large dog-sized ant. It's a problem, but there's also people that have, like, pet tigers. Yeah, that's not going to be no more dangerous than a tiger. I mean, yeah, it could be. I don't really know how giant ants work. I'll be honest, but well, mechanically they don't. There's a whole respiratory system thing, and you know, this was it the square. The trick is if if you could make an ant that size, it would be unbelievably strong. It's it's an insect, so actually it wouldn't be able to pick itself up. But you know, it's not going to. Well, like I said, if it could exist at that size and it kept its strength, it's unbelievably strong. And yeah, it's an insect, so it's not like you can domesticate it. They were they had it playing the drums in the first movie. I'm just saying. Well, they had it playing the drums in the second movie. Was that was that the second? Well, they had it playing it, the it, drums. It was so clearly, it's after the credit scene. Yeah, because in the in the first movie, it, it, it's the thing in it in that train or what gets embiggened. Yep. Because at the end of the first one, she, the daughter's feeding her. That's literally the only time you have somebody freak out about it. Because one of the cops goes, oh, man, is that a dog? Yeah. No, it's a giant fucking ant. That's a problem. Anybody that sees them realizes that's a problem. Yep. All right, so moving on. After Ant-Man and the Wasp, we had Captain Marvel. Todd, what was your favorite part about Captain Marvel? The end. <laughs> no, that's a lie. That's a lie. It was not the end. It was the Stan Lee tribute that's the Marvel because uh, Stan had passed by the end and that's where his tribute is. So the Marvel logo, the crawl, is a tribute to Stan. That was my favorite part of the movie. And then the end. Alright, Danny, how about you? Uh, I've got two scenes that stick out in my mind. The one is when they get out of uh, Nick and Colson get out of the car and Colson's the rookie agent at this point. And if you watch the Shield show, everybody looked at Colson as this experienced veteran, you know, he had, you know, he knew what he was doing. But to see him kind of at like as the new guy was kind of funny for me. And then the second scene was uh when uh Carol is on the bus. And everybody's kind of looking around, and she's the little old lady smiles at her, and she starts, you know, fighting her, you know, because it's a scroll. That that was the other scene that stuck out with me. Uh, the bus scene's also where you have the Stan cameo, I think, because he's reading the uh, script from Clerks. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Clerks Two is one of them. Because uh, was that was that the last movie he had a cameo in? Nope. The last movie he has a cameo in is Endgame. Okay, so he did. Yeah, that's right. He made it. Into Endgame, but he didn't actually see Endgame uh, release. Right. 
Okay. All right, Danny. You said it was the. Uh, you said yeah. You said it was a little lady scene. That yeah. See now that's a that's a scene that I wish hadn't been in the trailer. Because it's yeah. funny regardless, but it'd been a lot funnier going into it cold. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, the way that you know the little old lady they had reminded me of Sally Fields. You know, I know it wasn't her, but she just had that little uh, like how she was a little old lady in the Forrest Gump movie. You know. That was when I when they showed that little old lady. That was the first thing that sprung in my mind, because you get this harmless looking little old lady just smiling up at the hero, and all of a sudden, ah! you and everybody else is freaking out. What about you, Tyler? I can't think of a standout scene for me, memory wise. I just remember that the soundtrack was really, really good because it. For me, it hit specifically just songs I liked, songs I knew. It wasn't that they were used especially effectively. It was just like, oh, that's a song I like. Oh, that's a song I like. Oh, it kind of hit your nostalgia like. a little bit with the with the music. Yeah, it, it was just because scene scene wise, I can't think of a scene that was like emotionally touching that wasn't also pounded into my head three times in the movie. Because anything they wanted to emotionally tell you, they told you multiple times, so it kind of slowly had less and less effect on me. Almost like the everybody stop. Let's talk about how we're friends in Guardian in the first Guardians movie. Yeah, it would be more effective with just having it the once, but you you decided to have it a whole a handful of times in a row, or not in a row, but like. You had it at beginning, you had it at the middle, and you had it at the end. And it's like, this was not a thing you needed to specifically repeat three times. Uh, for the soundtrack. Me, I don't know if I've got one. I'm kind of like you, Todd. I don't know that I got one scene that sticks out to me. Uh, I know uh, I went into the movie afraid she was going to be a Mary Sue the whole way through. Uh... And the it, fact that she wasn't, that, you know, stuff was a threat to her, you know, up in the beginning was, I guess, kind of a relief. Now, when they give her her full power, yeah, then she's taking out starships and there is there is no challenge, no potential challenge to anything. But She's not a Mary Sue in the beginning. She literally took out a, a fleet of, a, a ship full of scrolls handcuffed. Remember when they called her? She was handcuffed and she broke out of that damn thing handcuffed. She doomsdayed that ship. Yeah, she blew it up with some stuff. Yeah, whatever. She doomsday. I don't shit. look at that as any worse than like the elevator scene with Cap, or Cap beating a gunship that was trying to shoot him when he was on a motorcycle. You know, that's just superhero shit. Stuff at the end and in and stuff in Endgame or not Endgame. Yeah, Endgame with her. That was what I was afraid the entire movie was going to be. So it was some slight relief there. Uh, out of the ones we're going to talk about, that was probably my least favorite. I mean, the second Thor movie was kind of weak. And I'll take that back. Iron Man 3 is probably still my least favorite. Yeah, I was fixing to say, I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't get past Iron Man. Iron Man 3 is one of the worst fucking movies I ever sat through. Iron Man 3, there's not actually a scene in it at all that I much cared for. Nope. Not a damn one. Because even the fight scene at the end where he's remote controlling all the armor. The bad guys are tearing through them like they're tinfoil, so it's kind of like, you know. It kind of, you know, dulls the reaction. But all right, moving on to our last one. Uh, Avengers Endgame. 
Who wants to start this one off? Eric? Uh, it has the greatest final scene in the Marvel Universe. It, the, basically from the fight of the big three until Tony's snap made it all, for me, made it all worthwhile. With the exception of the girls get it done scene, which felt ham-fisted as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was the one part of that That's scene what, that, that, I, that broke, that, that broke the, the flow for me is just all yeah. of a sudden it's just, yeah, it's, and it was, it's ham-fisted. It's different if it's set up where everybody's kind of around there or something like that, but to basically go, just all of a sudden, Everybody stops fighting everything that's female long enough for them to all do this group shot and there's no fucking guys there. It, it just, it's like, goddamn. It's... Yeah, it, Jennifer, uh, when we watched the movie, she goes, weren't they on opposite ends of the battlefield? Yeah. And I said, yeah, they just kind of, you know, you know, drugs, stuck that all together. She goes, wouldn't it have been better if they just went like, okay, around the thing and like, okay, it happens to be a guy here, it happens to be a girl here and give a, you know, I get that they, she goes, I get that they needed to give everybody their moment to shine, but if they had just done it, you know, randomly instead of sticking everybody all there to get, you know, it would have been better, you know, and for her, who's not a comic geek, to point that out, says something. Cause it was it was ham it, it was it was as ham fisted as the first Guardians of the Galaxy friendship is magic. Yeah, yeah. That was that was a problem. But other than that, yeah. When he said Avengers Assemble, I literally in the movie the first time like take me now, Lord, which I've learned not to do because then I almost died three or four days later. Yeah. So I've learned that sometimes when you scream, take me loud, Lord, the Lord does not realize that you're just, you're just a nerd looking at a movie. It goes, oh, you really want to go? No, no, no. I was just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Danny, what's your favorite scene? When Cap and them are standing there and, you know, they've just about lost and you hear the, his, the radio headset crackle on your left. And you start, you know, this is, you start, I got chill bumps. Yeah. I mean, by the hair on my arms and neck stood up. And he's like, and then you hear it again and all the portal starts popping open and Wong steps out. And then the, the uh, Black Panther. Black Panther was the first, Black Panther was the first one to step out. Yeah. Wakanda was the first portal it opened. Panther was the first one to step out. And then Falcon comes flying through one of the ones up at the top. Yeah. And you see him kind of going. As he's flying around the scene, you see all these people. Yeah. And when they all step out, you know, you got the uh, Black Panther's army, you know, sitting there, you know, shouting and, and chanting and, and Wakandan. You know, you just, you go, whoa. It, it was just that moment where, you know, I was a teenage kid again, you know, young kid again, reading comic books for the first time and really understanding that, hey, it's not just good guy versus bad guy. It's, hey, they have their own little universe. They have their own storyline. They have their own problems in, in life. But they're putting all that aside to face a universal ending kind of situation. And you see, you know, some of these folks had died and now they're back. And it's like, whoa. So that just kind of hit me in the the 
you know, you know. When Howard the Duck shows up with a shotgun, you know all hell's When when we watched that movie at the theater, and I went, you know, kind of, you know, I didn't do that exact sound, but it was something similar. Jennifer elbowed me in the ribs, like, quit embarrassing me. And, you know, when Cap shouts, you know, Avengers Assemble, I went, yeah! You know, but there was a bunch of geek, you know, you but like a, a squad of geeks, you know, a little ways down from us, and we all just squeed and squealed and threw our arms up at the same time. And Jennifer said, like, oh, God, I'm in public. He's acting like this, you know? Are you going to open at night? Because when Panther stepped out for me, Bombay, yeah, me, and I know a group over here all shouted, oh, God. So, yeah. But, yeah, that 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 was the, the big thing for me. And, you know, you, there you go. Oh, damn. <laughs> for me... I mean, obviously, it's the big fight at the end, but since that's already been picked, I'll go with something else that, that I that I just liked. I like when Scott Lane gets back and finally kind of figures out what happens, and he's at the memorial in a panic looking for his daughter's name, you know, hoping it's not there. Yeah. And uh, sees he is. Yeah, whatever. But I just like that. Oh, yeah, he's a parent. This would be what he would be freaking out about the most. Yeah, yeah. That and his showing up at Avengers Mansion. He's like, uh, hey guys, uh, it's me, Scott Lane. <laughs> I know you remember from the airport. That anybody's sandwich? Sorry. But, uh, well, yeah, I kind of like Scott's attitude too. He's like, uh, he's like, oh boy, that plays the Hulk. You know, if you see him in the behind the scenes stuff, it's like sometimes you get the impression he doesn't realize he's a celebrity too. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Ant Man doesn't quite realize, yeah, yeah, you're a superhero too. They know who you are. <clears throat> so what about you, Tyler? What was your standout scene? Uh, well, obviously this movie was a setup for the final scene, and it paid off. But one thing that I always remember is the kind of meeting scene, because it makes not a lot of sense. Uh, the meet, like the meeting where they have the screens and Black Widow's, like, it seems like she's organizing the world, which is not how that would function. Like, you're given no explanation, but suddenly they're making, you know, multinational level decisions. And it's just like, uh, I, I just, it's something where I saw it and I just went, I have no idea how that would function. You're just putting people that we know the faces of and saying that they're busy doing world stuff. Like, they're suddenly in politics when only two of them would do anything political. The impression that gave me to some degree there, and a lot more after I watched uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, was that was showing kind of all your super people trying, you know, trying to keep the world going because the world was kind of on the edge. And like I said, you, you watch Cap and the, or Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and it, it kind of gets into the, where the fallout of the snap was. Yeah, I got, I got the impression from that scene that that was, that was the heroes that were left trying to put out fire mm -hmm. and, and see where they were. The only person in any of that that might have had any say politically was maybe Okoye, depending on who was left. Yeah. She might, might, might have been making, like, countrywide decisions. Cause like I said, you you know you know 
neither uh, T'Challa or Shuri survived it. You don't know if the Queen Mother survived or not. So if them three were gone, yeah, she she probably run shit because she was the general of that. Yeah, Rhodey was was out looking for Clint. Uh, Captain Marvel was basically like, I'm stretched thin because I'm going planet to planet, basically putting out fires. Rocket and Gamora, I mean Rocket and uh, oh hell, uh, Groot, no. Group was dead. Uh, Nebula. Rocket Nebula were basically like sound like they were hunting space pirates or some shit like that. And and see where anybody was making any kind of political decision. It was and Black Widow was basically just there because she didn't have no life. She didn't have shit else to do. Yeah. And even says as much, you know. She's like, you know, this this family is all I got. Because that's what her and Steve are kind of going back and forth about. Because, you know, he tells her, you know, we we need sound like we need to get a life. And she's like, you first. That sounded like they were just putting out fire. Yeah. I, I did like how they had the uh, survivors meeting, you know, like a, a su- support group. And Steve wasn't there as Cap. He was there as Steve. Well, everybody knows Steve is Captain, so yeah, yeah. But he, he, some folks would have shown up in their uniform to show you, "Hey, I'm here to help you." Steve was just I'm Steve, you know. I thought that was like a down to down to earth touch. It fit his personality. Yeah, it would fit his personality. But uh, so that that in our opinion wraps up kind of the uh, golden age of the MCU. Uh. The next, oh, I guess the next two movies were a little lackluster. And, uh, well, we won't talk about Shang-Chi and Eternals. Well, No Way Home was better, though. So what do you think, going forward, what do you think is going to be the kind of the general flow of the Marvel Universe? Oh... Not having seen the latest Spider-Man movie, but I watched Venom, so I know that they start blending universes. I'm expecting to see more, some, some a little more closer to the comic book and recasting happening where some of the characters are aging out of being able to do all these movies. I see them kind of starting that recast, kind of like they've done with James Bond over the years. Oh, well, that was always how they talked like they were going to do, and then they backed out when it actually came time. Yeah, yeah. But My I, thing is, will they start recasting, or will they reboot? See, I'm, I'm expecting a reboot, because the Secret Wars, matter of fact, I saw before we started recording, I saw a thing where the Russo brothers were going, oh, if you guys do Secret Wars, we'd actually consider coming back. The Secret Wars they're doing is not the 80s Secret War, the, the original, but it's that last Hickman one where you had the incursions and shit, and that's all the people that are basically going, well, how are they going to get mutants into this universe, and how are they going to do this? Yeah, they, they're basically about to pull a DC. Yeah. They've established a multiverse. If you watch Loki... Loki is already established when they met 
uh, He Who Remains, that yeah, when you get a bunch of Nathaniel Richards running around, it ain't long before they have a multiversal war. And then you'll end up with a new sacred timeline. The new sacred timeline will be likely where you'll have the Fantastic Four and, and mutants and all that kind of crap because they're gonna pull a they're gonna pull a crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah. You have and to get have, and to get mutants in. You almost need to to, to get yeah. them in, and it makes sense. Yeah. You know the, the FF you could just drop in whenever. But that's that's likely what the. This is what they're setting up now, and you know, Loki started it. Far from home is pushing it, and their whole thing is it's multiverse, multiverse, multiverse. So now all this stuff exists. All of it happened. All of it was real. All of it was. All of it is essentially canon. And you'll have a multiversal war. Another rumor is they're talking about trying to get Toby and Andrew back for Secret War. Yeah. You'll have all the different Spider-Man. You'll have the fun thing that me and Tony kind of laugh about is, you know, they've been talking to Chris Evans about coming back, but he ain't coming back as Cap. He's likely coming back as the Human Torch. You know who I'd like? Because you could literally, because you've got two. You could have him and Jordan run around as Human Torch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know who I'd like to see him come back as? Hydra Cap. Just for the expression on people's faces. Yeah. Hydra Cap. Flopped in the books. Yeah, that was a bad idea in the books. So. Yeah, it was a bad idea in the books. Yeah. And the truthfully, the reason why we call this the golden age of the MCU is because they have basically skipped God knows how many decades of decent stories that were popular to go run into this shit that they've started in twenty in like 2015, 2016 that damn near killed the fucking company. That's when it went from having like actual readers that went to comic shops and bought books to them basically having to sell the shit to libraries and shit to keep the lights yep. on. Yep. The movies are keeping, or what's keeping the comic company going at the moment. Yeah. But anyway, we'll wrap up here. So uh, if anybody out there has got, you know, some just great scene they think we missed, if you agree with or, or, or dis disagree with us on something, we'd love to hear from you. If you got uh, a movie you want us to critique, or talk about yeah. let us know feel okay. free to send us an email with, with show suggestions uh, we can be reached at thenerdeternal at gmail.com uh, and we, of course we've got a Facebook group and a YouTube channel so you, know, you can contact us any of those ways if you'd like to support the show uh, we've got a crap I don't, remember, I don't remember the link now to the t-shirt shop there is no way to support us it's not Teespring. Oh well, you can yeah. always like and subscribe, yeah, leave comments, tell your friends. We have a Teespring store. That's where it Teespring. Is. That's what it was. But anyway, so anything, anything would help out. We'd appreciate. So until next week, I've been your host, the experience that some call Jason, and with me today has been the Todd Father, CDO one one three, and the Token Millennial Turkey. And we will see y'all next time.